I just love it when Pastor Greg does the announcements. He's my favorite announcement pastor. <laughs> we often tease each other in staff because I'm the drumming pastor because I drum every Sunday night. So anyways, oh, so good to be here. I just got back last night from Kansas City. A group of us uh, were down at the One Thing Conference. And I, there's not time to talk about how amazing it was, but it was so amazing. I just don't even have words to explain. Um, just being with God to be with God, not for any particular reason, not seeking him, not looking for direction, not wanting anything, just being with him. And uh, it was just amazing, so beautiful. So standing firm, um, this is the message that I did uh, when Tom and I went to Uganda. Uh, it's tweaked a little bit for us, but um, it's really a message about freedom. And uh, in freedom, we stand firm. We stand in Christ by his mighty power. And uh, how we do that is, is, it, is knowing we're loved. And not just, just loved in the sense of, yes, I, I understand I'm loved, and, and, and that's a theological truth and a principle. But understanding that we're actively being loved. But that takes two people. Someone can resist love. And... To actively have God loving you means you're standing with him and embracing what he's giving you and accepting what he's giving you. So we could probably just end there, but um, standing firm. Galatians 5.1 is our main, main verse. Uh, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So it's for freedom. He set us free. And again, that, that's also a theological truth. There's freedom in Christ because of the cross, what he did. But it says, in light of that, since, since we know all that, therefore then, stand firm. We, we have an active role in this relationship of standing and not moving. And if we don't, then it, we, can, we can intuit that there's going to be a yoke of slavery that comes on again. If we're not standing firm in the truth that God loves us and is loving us and we love him back and it's, it's active, it's alive, it's real. Religion can easily come back on. Depression, tired, heavy life can come back on because we're living in our own strength. Not living in his mighty power, not living in relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who knew you in your mother's womb, the one that created the stars and the heavens. How big is our God? He's just so big. He's so transcendent, yet he's just right here living in us and among us. Wow. <laughs> so God wants us to be free. Sin and darkness can easily entangle us and keep us from walking in intimacy with the Lord. He wants to set us free. He wants us to stay free. He has plans for each and every one of us. He wants us to become freedom fighters. Oh, there's so much for us. There's so much for us. God dreamed about us in our mother's womb. He has plans and purposes. Those are his dreams for our life that he's marked out and put in place. 
And they're not our dreams. We have our own dreams, and, 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 and they can be God's dreams if we're with him and walking. Our dreams can become God's dreams, but, but often in our culture in America, we have our dreams and we try to make God fulfill our dreams and not necessarily are his dreams. Um, here's another one, uh, just a great one we all know, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, all those who have loved God before us are in the grandstands of heaven cheering us on. Like, that's actually happening. It's not just some nice little, oh, that's cool, rah-rah. There's actually the saints that have gone before us, our forefathers and of the faith, are, are surrounded. We're surrounded, cheering us on. So because of that, because everyone that's gone before us with the Father is saying, you can do this. Strip off every heavy weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And here's the thing. God already removed every barrier at the cross. Every barrier of sin has been removed. So if we're tripped up in sin, it's because we still have our carnal flesh nature. Is still, we're still putting that old man on. We're still putting Tom's old sweaters on. <laughs> Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. The cross was not glorious to any, anyone watching. And if we look on the cross, it's, it's a horrific sight. The king of the universe is bleeding, bruised, swollen beyond recognition of a man. The cross was meant and reserved for punishment for the worst criminals. It was a shameful death. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Let's think about this morning what, what has bound us. Whether, whether it's something extreme that just totally dominates our life or something that's just become heavy and made us weary and tired and just not satisfied serving God and loving him. It was amazing. At, at the conference, Miss um, Edwards was talking about her life, and she's in her 30s, late 30s, and she's never married, and, and uh, she's given up everything, no family, no kids, and, and she's just, she's in tears. She's just like, God, I gave, and she's sharing how she's wrestling with the Lord. God, I've, I've given up everything. You've taken everything from me. What? Did I mess up? Did I not hear you? Did I not follow you, right? You've taken everything. And she says this doesn't happen to her much, but she just plopped her Bible down and opens to Malachi 3, and it says, your words are harsh to me. And she says, well, Lord, how are my words harsh to you? The next verse is, you say in your heart, how are my words harsh to you? And she just goes on sharing how God affirmed her and then just broke her heart. And, you know, if you read Malachi, it's all about the leaders 
complaining, the Levites complaining about serving God. Oh, this is just, this is a have to. I hate this. And blah, blah, blah. Your words are harsh to me. So think about the things that have held us in our holiness. Our own junk we get ourselves tripped up into. So think about these things. I want to share a little bit about my journey. Um, so my life, my, my family, my parents are pastors. I grew up in the church. And just in the past couple of years, I've learned that my, my great-grandparents were missionaries in northeast China. They went to establish a school in an orphanage. I don't know a lot of the details, but they were in northeast uh, China. And it was like right after they got married, they went there. And my grandma, who I've only met a couple times in my life, and uh, two summers ago, my wife and I went down with the kids, and, and I hadn't seen her in like 16, 17 years. And uh, she's not all there anymore. She, she kind of forgets pretty quick about what you're talking about, and, but she just has the joy of the Lord. It's so amazing. And she grew up in China until she was 20 on the missions field, and then World War II was going on. They had to evacuate, and it's kind of crazy. And uh, my parents are pastors. And now I'm a pastor. On my, on my dad's side, he's first generation. He's a pastor, but first generation uh, a Bible believer. So I just have this legacy in my life. It's just amazing. And then all the pastors and spiritual fathers and big brothers we have in this church, in this family, it's just amazing. So I, ha- I have all this. This is my life has been built in this, and our lives are built in this family. But it wasn't always this way. Uh, maybe 13, 14. So the point one is years of bondage. We're just, we're just getting going. Point one, years of bondage. By the time I was 13 or 14, and then really like 16, by 16, I was mad. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad at God. I was mad at my parents. I was mad at Christians. And by the time I turned 17, I wanted to have nothing to do with God. And my friends knew I was a Christian. Like, I, I didn't really drink. Maybe a couple times here and there. I didn't really do anything. Um... You know, what, what I did in rebellion was I stayed out late half an hour past curfew, which was disobedient. It was not good. Uh, but at the, up until that point, I was just mad. I wasn't really in rebellion. But man, I got there really quick. When anger and unforgiveness and bitterness start growing in your heart. Many of us know that is a very dark spiral downward that happens so quick. We don't even realize and uh, so this simple faith of loving God, knowing him in my mind and believing in my heart that he was my savior, he died on the cross, he rose again, I'm forgiven, and we need to tell everybody they're going to hell, <laughs> which, is, which is true. If you don't know him, you're going to hell. Um, and maybe it was just how I viewed everything and how I was looking at it. It was just so like, I just go around, oh, you're going to hell. You don't know Jesus? And that didn't work. <laughs> didn't make a lot of impact. So I got mad. I was getting angry. And I saw the hypocrisy in our own church and in our own family and in my own life. And just mad. This is, this is baloney. So much pain that I didn't know how to deal with. So much emotion. Does anyone know what that's like? Um, Not knowing how to deal with the pain and the emotion. So then there were days of darkness. I came to college in spring of 2000 to UW-Madison. I didn't come to school right away. I graduated. I was living on my own. Or I graduated from high school. I was living on my own. Uh, I was 17 when I graduated. And I started working at a hospital And uh, then I just felt like I needed to go to Madison and go to school, so I did. But in that, the motive in that was Madison was known as a place of freedom. 
and I was going to find who I was. Because God wasn't real. He wasn't in my life or around. So pain and bitterness turned to hatred, self-hatred. There was so much drugs. There's so much alcohol. There was just so much suicidal thoughts. I mean, it was so dark. It was so bad. I mean, if you go down to State Street and you see some of these street kids that are, you know, ride the trains, that was, that was almost me. That was me. I didn't do that, but I, that was where I was at. If you want context for how messed up and how horrible it was. My clothes were all ripped. I weighed 125 pounds. fully demonized. I don't know if you've known someone that's actually been demonized. I would stand in front of a mirror growling, making horrific animal noises. Dancing around a fire in my underwear, burning myself. It's like I'm telling a story about somebody else. I'm not that person anymore. It's just amazing. God's so good. And one day I got freedom. So point two is freedom. After about six years of just absolute hatred towards God, hatred towards myself, hating people, and just broken and insane, God met me. I was living in a campus housing in, with some friends, druggy friends, and uh, I, I didn't have a room. I lived in their basement, and if you know campus housing, it's... You know, cement, unfinished basements, and there's like damp and water, and And that's where I lived. I lived in this dungeon, basically, with my mattress on the floor and and a TV with all my porn and DVDs and everything. That I mean, that was my life: drugs, sex, just just nasty. So hurt, so broken. And I cried out to God. I, I, I woke up one morning just weeping. Well, actually, a friend invited me to Man City Church, and over time, I finally gave in. This was a coworker that became a friend, and finally I came just to appease. Sure, come. And I did everything high. I love pot so much. I did everything high, so of course I go to church high. And I showed up, and Brian Munch is just doing his worship thing, and I'm like, wow that. See, I I grew up on the worship team. I played since I was 10 on the worship team. The first time I ever heard God speak to me was when he, at 10 years old, when he said, go tell the worship pastor you're going to be on the worship team. I just got hand drums for Christmas, and uh, he's making a call to the adults in the big service, hey, we need some more people on the worship team. And I'm sweating. Oh, that's me. And God said, yeah, that's you. Go talk to him. Okay. So I'm in this dungeon. I mean, I had, so it was that Sunday morning, just, I, mean, I countered God, what is this? He's worshiping. There's so much more here than just these five people playing. I was in bands in college. I knew, I knew what musicians can do together. Was, there was, I didn't know that there was the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I went home and, of course, just continued smoking pot and doing what I was doing. And a couple mornings went by and I woke up. And I'm just weeping, just weeping and weeping and weeping. I'm just like, what is my deal? Now, it wasn't uncommon that I was weeping because I was just a mess. It went from rage to broken weeping just pretty regularly. I was just insane. And uh, I said, God, if you, and I don't know why I'm even talking to God because he's not real. But I said, God, if you are real, be more satisfying than these drugs. And uh, an amazing thing happened. He, he just came and sat next to me. And Jesus put his arm around me. And he just kept telling me, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. Because my greatest fear was being alone and rejection. I'm never going to leave you. 
And I just wept and wept. And that story goes on and on. I mean, I went upstairs. All my buddies are smoking the bong. It was my turn. No, I don't need it. I'm good. They're like, who are you? You, you do more drugs than all of us. So I, I was free. I was free. I didn't understand, but I was happy and joyful. And I was in my right mind. I could think clear thoughts. Holy moly. I was alive. Just like that. The one-step program. (laughs) Jesus, the anointed deliverer that loves me, set me free. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, I just love him so much. He's He's just so good. And he loves me way, way more than I love him. But he delivers us from our bondage. If we cry out, he will respond. Psalm 107, 6 says, Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. I mean, that's just one verse out of how many psalms, how many scriptures are about him rescuing, crying out, and he rescues. He's the rescuer. He's our deliverer. He makes us favored sons and daughters. He, that, he forgives us. He gives us a new life. He adopts us. And favored sons and daughters is one of our things here, right? We, 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 it's an identity. We're learning our identity. And it's a learning process because our culture does not, does not teach us about being favored sons and daughters that receive, are just freely given love. Our culture teaches us we have to perform. It's all conditional. We don't understand that we just are loved because he made us. He stinking made us. He loves you. You are his little thumbprint. (laughs) And we don't understand that because there's this perverse thing over us in this culture to do, do, perform. You're not good enough unless you're the best and doing the best. Then we'll love you. Then we'll like you. Don't mess up. (laughs) Wow. So but here's, here's the real meat. This is, this is where I want us to, to really kind of chew and camp out now is, is this idea of being burdened again but, and staying free. So point three is burdened again. So, you know, our journey, that was 12 and a half years ago, and I'm sure all of us have uh, stories and testimonies of how God set us free from something. Um, I personally think the most amazing testimony is someone that... Grew up knowing the Lord and never walked away. No, he was just always good enough. He always loved me, and I, I, I loved him. He always had me. I think that is the most beautiful testimony. That's my wife's testimony. She grew up loving the Lord and never, ever walked away from him. She's not perfect. I live with her. <laughs> but she never walked away. She never turned her back. Yeah, there were really hard seasons. And hard seasons in our marriage. But she never walked away. So beautiful. So being burdened again. So, you know, Ashley and I have been married 10 years. We just get married. And it's like, all right, we are going to be in ministry. We are going to do stuff. Let's go, girl. Put on your boots. Come on. She's like, whoa, wait. I thought we were like going to like hang out and watch some TV together and love each other. Oh, yeah, you want to spend time with me. And, I mean, I just experienced such freedom. And and I just was experiencing God so powerfully those beginning years of my life with him. And I was just, everyone needed to be free. You're doing drugs? Stop. God will set you free now. Come on. Uh, 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 Those conversations didn't go well. It was the same thing as, well, you're going to hell. Love Jesus. Just stop. Just love him. Choose him. You're going to hell. Those conversations didn't, didn't go well. People didn't, they misunderstood my heart because my presentation was so bad. And then, of course, when you don't, when, when people aren't listening to you and, and they're not like excited about freedom and excited that, yeah, Jesus is powerful and miracles happen. You get bitter. Well, come on. What, what's wrong with you? You're not even a Christian. You don't believe in the king of the kings? The ruler of the universe? 
can set you free. <laughs> You're dumb. And you know, you never say that out loud, or at least I never said that out loud too often. <laughs> but people pick up on that. People pick up. And I just became heavy. Heavy again. But now it was this religious thing. It's this religious thing of you aren't you aren't going after God like I am. You don't believe in everything he can do like I do. And again, it's a deception, right? Because, and we can do that in the charismatic circle. Oh, you just Bible-only people, or you this group, or you that group. You don't know God like I do. And uh, can we hear how disgusting that is? And it's so deceptive because it's it's pride and pride blinds us and we can't see it and it just it just creeps in. So so I was getting this. I was frustrated because no one was listening. No one was getting free. I mean, God would show up and and sometimes and 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 miracles would happen a little and things would happen a bit, but in general, ninety five percent of the time, I just push people away. And they were like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to deal with you. So I was so mad because they didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't get me. And there, do you see, is also the problem. <laughs> it's not about us. It's about him. It's an identity crisis. I had all this freedom just running wild. And I didn't know who I was. And I became burdened again, and angry, and tired again. And we were going to leave Madison. Because God wasn't doing anything here. I built my own ministry to prove to all, and again, you don't vocalize this out loud, because it just sounds so disgusting. But I built this ministry to prove to missionaries that misuse their money that's donated, to, to pastors that, for you know, all the things that, that we do and, and mess up and make mistakes and because of own leadership brokenness, I was going to do it right because these guys are art. You see how sick that is? It's just from the pit of hell. It's pride, and it's arrogance, and it's religion. It's all about me. Burdened again. Shaking off the heavy yoke. Religious law, control. We need to stop performing because we don't have to perform. He loves us. He has things for us. He's dreamed dreams of things he has marked out for us to do. We don't have to we don't have to make it happen. We just have to yield to the God of the universe. Get in his flow. He wants to run. He, life doesn't have to be this tiptoe thing. He wants us to run. But we have to be broken before him. We have to have our wills, our desires, our plans, our own purposes, our own ambition and motives need to be destroyed, which is extremely painful because it's, it's, it's me and it's you. It's, our, it's, it's who I am. No, 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 no. Your identity is misapplied. Take my yoke. Well, let's back up. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. How many of you know when we get in that place of judgment and criticism and self-righteousness, there's no rest. It's exhausting to be that good. It's exhausting to keep up the facade, to pretend. It's so tiring. It's so empty. 
and shallow. I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Dear God, thank you. Oh, to be at rest inside. To be at rest inside. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Point four, staying free. So, okay, if we have this life and this journey with God where he sets us free dynamically or or passively, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes a while to get free from stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. I personally believe we can get freer faster, not because of our own ability, but because of our uh, desperation to be free. Not in our own might or strength, but God, I, I'm done with this sin, and I, I, am, I am repenting. I am done with this. Okay, boom, let's go, buddy. You're free. I'm the God of the universe. Let's go. So we can have those dynamic freedoms. And the enemy just wants to try and bring them back. He wants us to put the old sweater on. He wants us to put the old man back on. So he keeps coming. He keeps trying to do it. And if we're not careful, if we're not standing firm, that happens. We start believing lies. We start believing lies about ourselves. We, we stop understanding that we are sons and daughters. We're, we are little kings and queens. Little kings and queens don't act with pride and arrogance. They act with confidence and assurance in who they are. Good kings and queens do not destroy their subjects. They serve them and love them. So point four is staying free. We have this journey. He sets us free. We can, things can try and come on us and weigh us down again. Our own sin trips us up. So how do we stay free? It just seems like, like a lot of work. Psalm 46, 10. Cease striving and know that I am God. Or be still. Sometimes, sometimes I just need to stop physically moving around. My own movements distract me. <laughs> My mom always told me, if your head wasn't attached, you'd lose it. Because, I, I mean, you just watch me. I'm like all over the place up here. I just, you know, squirrel. So sometimes I just need to sit down or stand still. Just stand there and quiet my thoughts, quiet my movements. Wow, you're, you are God. Jesus, you are God. I'm not bound by this lie anymore because you're God. This lustful desire does not have me. I'm not even thinking about it because you're God. This offense has melted away. (laughs) I don't even care how mean that person was to me. He doesn't know who he is. She doesn't know who she is. But I'm actively loved by the God of the universe. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord. They don't understand. They don't know you. They don't know who you created them to be. They don't understand. Forgive them. Well, yeah, Jesus said that. He was on the cross. Jesus could say that. Stephen said that, too. While he was being stoned to death by the religious pastors of that day. Staying free, cease striving. Be strong in the Lord. So Ephesians 6, we know Ephesians 6, the armor of God. Finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. That's how we read it, right? Finally be strong in the mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. 
Now, finally, be strong in the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. (laughs) He's powerful. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Talk about putting on the armor. We know we don't fight against each other fight against the lies and the darkness and the powers of this world and this age. Evil force in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. His mighty power, his armor, assurance, helmet of salvation. I am a son. I am saved. I I am living forever. This tent is going to fade and be taken off, but I'm never going to die. The armor is just knowing who we are and who he says he is. You may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So how, how do we stay in that place of standing our ground in his mighty power? Because, I mean, man, sometimes the winds and the storms of life are, like, blowing. Even the disciples are like, we're going to die. Jesus, you're sleeping. I'm sure they weren't using words we would use in church to wake them up. Beep, beep, beep. Wake up, Jesus. Beep, beep. I hope that's not heresy. Um, just kidding. I'm having too much fun. I hope you guys are. Um choosing Jesus is the only way and it sounds so flippant and it sounds so cliche just choose Jesus but we learn that from Mary and Martha and we talk about that here at City Church all the time about Mary and Martha oh yeah that's great you know just, just sit at, we're going to choose the good part that's all we can do we have to choose Jesus we have to choose to sit at his feet we have to there's no other way we can do this because every other way is depending on our own strength every other way is religion Every other way is striving. Can we say every other way is demonic? Could we say that? If it's in our own strength, if it's in our pride, if it's in us, that sounds, that sounds pretty demonic. The only way is sitting with Jesus. The only way. Now, that doesn't mean 24-7 we just sit not doing anything. While I'm walking, I'm sitting with Jesus at his feet. I'm not great at it. I'm not like, I'm not the super Christian. And people that know me know I'm not a super Christian. There are no super Christians. They may think they are, but, because I sure did. I used to. Oh, my goodness. Um, So we sit at his feet. We choose the good part. We have nothing to prove. You know, so great. Uh, going to Uganda with Tom was awesome. He's a spiritual father to me. He's, he's my friend. We play board games. We play basketball. We play football. We make fun of each other as a staff. It's just, we're family here. And uh, so I get to go on a missions trip with someone I love. How amazing. And uh, so we're going. And we're in O'Hare before we even leave. I don't know. How much time do we have? Are we running out of time? We got a little time. Good. Um, So we're sitting in O'Hare, and Tom loves McDonald's. So we get some McDonald's, and uh, we're sitting there talking before the flight. And now we got, ahead of us is 16 hours of flying and all this sort of stuff. So he's just like, so tell me, buddy, like, you're full-time now. It's been, it's been almost a year. Uh, you've been doing full-time junior high since this summer, or since uh, June, July, whatever. Yeah, how, how's it going? Oh, great, great, great. So what's on your heart? Oh, I, I, I want to start this thing. And I, I share this idea that I've been cooking up for about two months about doing this and that, and, oh, God wants me to do this, and, and, I, and, and, and this is going to happen. And he's so affirming. Oh, my gosh. Wow, buddy, that, that's great. 
you could try this, and we could do it like that, and and I think people would really like it, and and then you could do this, and and uh, let's just see, let's just see what he wants to do. But yeah, that sounds great. He was so affirming and supportive. And so I, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and we go, we do all the flying, we have other conversations, we talk to people on the plane about God, we we're reading books. Reading Tom Doyle's Killing Christians. Oh my goodness, that book is amazing. So there's just all this, you know, stuff going on. And we get to Uganda and it's like 10 or 11 at night. By the time we get there, it's been like 30 hours, 24 hours of traveling. And I can't sleep. I'm, we're in Uganda. And this is my third time there. I love the people there. I just love the people there. And uh, they're, they're just, it's amazing God connection and it's just brotherly sisterly bond. It's amazing. I love those guys. So I just can't wait to see them tomorrow. I'm just like, I'm up for like three hours. And uh, I'm just laying there and the whole time the Lord is like, what are you trying to prove? I'm like, what? Excuse me? What are, you, what are you trying to prove? All these plans you got going on again. I've put you in charge of junior high. I've placed you in ministry in junior high. And I've expanded it. You have 35 students coming. Why, why do you want to, what, are, what are you trying to prove? Trying to be somebody? And I mean, this is like a two to three hour conversation. It's not easy. It's not like, oh yeah, dad, that, that, that's great. I'm just like, whoa, okay. You're so insecure. Why do you have to prove anything to anyone? Don't you know I love you? Don't you know I'm loving you? Don't you know you're my son? And so I sleep for a couple hours. We wake up, we're having breakfast, and you know Tom loves the one-year Bible. So we're eating breakfast. We can tell this pineapple, and it's phenomenal. This is good. And he's reading me the one-year reading for that, Bible reading for that day. And it's all about his leaders serving either in two ways. Out of not being diligent and not doing what they're supposed to, or they're super insecure and everything's striving and performing and they don't know who they are. And Tom's talking to me kind of about the diligent thing. He's kind of like, well, you know, how? It's like, dude, I, I'm, I don't struggle with diligence. When I was a pothead, I didn't do jack. But now I'm like, I just want to do everything. So I don't, uh, he's like, okay. But I'm like getting teared up. I'm like, but that insecurity thing, that's, that's me. And I shared how the Lord had just been talking to me in the night. Specifically about the plans I had shared with him just the day before. And he's like, bro, you are loved. You're doing amazing things with these young people. God is using you. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to prove anything to me. You don't have to prove anything to any of the staff. You don't have to prove anything to God. It's so freeing. I didn't even realize that it was, I, was, I was getting this heavy yoke again. It's just this another layer coming off. This other layer coming off. We gotta know our identity. One of the things they talked about at the conference, uh, I think it was Todd White that said this. No one can take away from you what they haven't given you. No one can take away from you what they haven't given you. If people are giving you affirmation, if people are your source of acceptance, they can take it away like that. But if God has given you his acceptance, who on this planet, heaven or hell, could take that away? No lie, no demon, no hurt or wounded person, no one can take that away. Well, you kill this body. That's fine. I'm with the Lord. I mean, it's easy to say that, 
Because it's true. I mean, we know from Job, like, it really does stink when your wife is killed and your children are killed and your, everything is wiped out. That stinks. It's not good. That's not a good day. For our identities and all our stuff and all the people around us and what they say about us. Man. It's a dangerous, dangerous place to be that I've found myself at a lot. So in our freedom, we stand firm. And we, he teaches us who we are. It's, he's a teacher. He's our dad. He teaches us. He corrects us. I've learned to love his correction because he's so gentle. He's not mean. He's not harsh. He's not impatient. Whenever you're ready, you're done with your temper tantrum, we can talk. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so point five is being a freedom fighter. He set us free. He teaches us that we are his adopted, favored sons, and we just, we learn how to stand still. We learn how to see striving. We learn how to gaze on his beauty and let his, his act of love transform our hearts we're in his word, we're learning about him, the revelation of the scripture, revealing who God is, washes our mind, renews our mind, we become like him, and he's like, let's run, let's go for a run, let's do this thing. How, how do we be a freedom fighter? Point A, first, we have to understand, we're no longer slaves, We're not fighting to freedom. We're not fighting to get out of something and away from something. We're free because the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord that is there is freedom. We're free just because the God of the universe is here. Boom, we're free, just like that. We don't have to work it up. We don't have to pray harder. We don't have to think correctly. You are free because the Spirit of the Lord is here. We have to believe we're not slaves anymore. If we, if we believe that we're still slaves to something, and there's a stronghold in our mind about that, we just, we have to believe we're not slaves. That's the old life. That's the lie. That's the deception. Peace guards our hearts. Let his peace, may the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, we can't figure this thing out, Guard our hearts and guard our minds. Be no longer in control. Living by the Spirit. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Now we talked about this. I was gratifying my sinful nature in religious pride. I no longer was gratifying my sexual desires. I was no longer gratifying my... Uh, my fleshly desires, uh, uh, just you know, hedonistic, flesh, flesh, flesh. I was satisfying the sinful desires of religious pride. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and always devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's Galatians 5. We're not in control anymore. We're not slaves. We're not slaves to sin. We're free. That's dead. But we're also dead to our our own life. If you lose your life, you will find new life in Christ. He has life for us. It's not that we're just dead and inanimate objects that he kind of like pushes around on a chessboard to use us. No, we're dead to our own desires. We're dead to our own motives. We're dead to our own selfish ambitions. alive in Christ. We're with him, partnering with him. Not because he needs us, because he wants us. 
I want to show my son, Talon, he's five and a half, he's almost six. I want to show him all these different things. I love to hunt. And he, the past couple of years, or two years ago, he came out and set up my tree stand with me. He was four, and he's like climbing the sticks up the tree, and, and uh, he's just, he's like, Dad, I want to kill deer. It's like, it's like, me too, I can't even find them. Where are these things? And, <laughs> and I'm just, he's just like, and he wrote, he, he, he wrote this song. I will kill deer, I will eat deer. I'm just like, that's my boy! If only I could kill and eat a deer. Okay. Um, Sorry if there's any PETA fans or whatever. Um, Okay. So he wants wants us to be free, and we're not slaves, but we're bond slaves to him. Our lives are now his life. We are living sacrifices. Whatever he wants to do. Whatever you want to do today, Lord. And that's, that's a journey to, to remain in that place. Because I can be there for a while and then I'm like, I want to eat some chips and sit around <laughs> and watch a movie. Which isn't bad. The staff knows I get pictures and prophetic words about movies a lot. And they, they tease me. They're like, oh yeah, okay. I'm like, hey, have you guys ever seen this movie, Gattaca? What? That's 15 years old. Yeah, it's all in blah, 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 blah. Whoa. I watch movies with Jesus. Because of my schedule and whatever, I'm often at the theater by myself, and I love it. And I'm sitting there weeping, watching, I don't know, whatever movie. It's like, could be an action movie. It's like... I'm just, I'm just in tears because he's with me and he's showing me his heart in these movies. But, okay, I'm getting on a bunny trail. No longer slave, no longer in control. Live out of the overflow. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in him that you would overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. We just got to trust in him. We stand trusting. We live out of the overflow. That's how we are freedom fighters. We know we're not slaves. We surrender our life to him. We submit our life to him and yield to him. And we let him fill us and fill us and fill us because we're sitting at his feet and we're just watching him and gazing upon his majesty and his beauty and he's just filling us and filling us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he starts overflowing. And it's just so beautiful. Live out of the overflow. That's how you fight. And share your testimonies. I've shared just a handful. And we're running out of time. I've just shared just a handful. You all have testimonies. You say, well, mine's not that cool. Yes, it is. It's the God of the universe broken in your life and did something. How exciting. How amazing. Don't despise the small beginnings. Don't despise the little things. We woke up and are breathing. That is huge. <laughs> I'm in my right mind. <laughs> okay. Maybe some of you may be questioning that. Um, <laughs> share your testimonies. The last point I want to make is the five smooth stones. So being a freedom fighter. King Saul tried to give David his armor. He didn't even believe David was going to be victorious. All right, here, here you go. Good luck. And David graciously tried it on. Okay, you're my father-in-law. You're the king of Israel. I'm not going to argue with you. Try it on. He knew that's not going to work. We need to hear teaching. We need to hear uh, other people's testimonies because it builds up our own faith. Hearing how God delivered them in their journey and in their life and their story gives us faith that he will do it in our own, but I'm not putting someone else's testimony on. I'm not going to try and go fight from someone else's revelation and understanding of God, I want it for myself. Now theirs will help me. It will increase faith. It will increase belief. 
that he is who he says he is. But I'm going to go in that river where David got his five smooth stones. We need, we need to go where his spirit is. We need to go in the word and search out what he says is true. We need to spend time in prayer just talking with him. God, what are you saying is true? Worshiping, praising the Lord. All hell is breaking loose, but you are God. I don't even see hell breaking loose. Your beauty is so overwhelming. Your majesty is so overwhelming. Your light is so overwhelming. You're so beautiful, God. Get your five smooth stones. When you're ready to fight, learn from others. But get your own stones. Because there's giants that you can kill and help other people get free. Worship team, come on up. Probably should have said that. Come on, worship team can come up. I can get pretty excited and whatever. But I don't know. I do. I just get so excited that God is the God of freedom. I mean, who has things in their life that's bound them and that is binding them? I mean, do any, does anyone have any bondage in their life? Who wants to get free? Who wants to be free today? Who wants to stay unburdened? Who wants to get unburdened again? Who wants to get their five smooth stones and run? Run right at the enemy. You got nothing. The God of angel armies is with me. <laughs> All your stupid intimidation. You got nothing. I got the God of the universe. I just let's just worship and if that if you you want freedom just come up here come get what he already has for you come take it for yourself prayer teams you guys could come up
Freedom. Freedom. God, we want your freedom. Help us to walk in your freedom. Help us to walk with you, God. Help us to run with you to all the things you've created us to do, that we would learn about who you are and how good you are, that you are totally sovereign and completely in control.